0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Heart of Podcast. I'm one half your host the old JP Nunes. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Parker. How's it going, Sean?
1: It's going okay, JP.
0: All right. What's That's better up? than not okay.
1: How's your last two weeks been?
0: Ah, oh, eh, they've, they've, they've been. I uh, went back to work after a nice little three-week vacation there.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I want that. Yeah. I want that job. Yeah,
0: no, you 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 probably don't trust me. Okay, fair enough. Do you like getting beat up <laughs> and having to clean people in the bathroom and all that fun stuff?
1: Do I? No, Do no, you? I don't. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: no, that sounds awful. No, I yeah. Uh, no it, it
0: has its you know my... pros and cons.
1: I enjoy my day to day in in <laughs> IT and analysis. So that's uh, that's my daily yeah. life.
0: Hey, um, you know, whatever works. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh we are gonna be talking about Chronos today, the uh G- del Toro film from nineteen ninety wait wait.
0: the the Guillermo.
1: Who? Why did I say oh, I said that so wrong? Guillermo I, I felt it too. I was like, I'm not doing this right. I was like,
0: man, that's even that's bad even for Sean.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm I'm exhausted <laughs> as always. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro film, Kronos right. from nineteen ninety-three. Uh and it's a uh it's it's a classic. It's like oh, this it's so is a good. modern classic in my in my opinion, and it's not modern anymore. It's thirty years old. Uh, <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, don't remind me, Sean. Yeah. You not. know, I, you know, you know, speaking of 30 years old, um, so last Thursday or last Friday I went to a concert and as I was, uh, it was at like a like a bar kind of a place. Uh, I was just you know that. what's
1: funny is I was at a concert on last Friday too.
0: <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And 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 when I went, you know, when they when I when I walked in, as I was kind of fumbling with my wallet to get my ID out, I looks the guy looks at me, and goes, you know, I'll see some grain you your goatee, so you're good, you you just go in.
1: Oh, you finally got there, <laughs> huh? Man, yeah, uh, I got this, I, I I got this going to punch on. So.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no I.
1: I oh, I still man. get asked just for like the you know, just because I you know you need an ID or whatever.
0: Mm. Real realistic,
1: right, right. like okay, put that away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> who who'd you go see?
1: Uh, I saw Murder by Death, uh, which is a Murder believe by... it or not, it's sort of okay. like a punky folk band. Um, my I could my see brother wanted it. to go, and uh, my brother had bought himself a ticket, and they asked if anybody wanted to go. I was actually out getting drinks with a few colleagues from work Mm -hmm. and then i was like i was on my way home i'm like oh you know what? i'll just take an uber from there and just (laughs) go in so yeah that's what i did i spent the i spent the night with him and then uh and then uh yeah that was uh that was that and then sunday was football so i'm i'm a big football fan are you
0: uh are you into that no no, i'm I'm a baseball guy
1: uh yeah yeah that's fine I can't yeah. I baseball I I don't mind baseball. I can like I can watch it for like a couple of hours. So like I like to watch like the first and second inning fall asleep, wake up around the, the seventh, eighth, and ninth <laughs> when all the good stuff's happening. Okay. You know, that's I mean good
0: stuff happens in the middle innings too, you know? No.
1: No it doesn't. <laughs>
0: it, it does. Come on, Sean.
1: I can take a three it, hour nap and it, know what's going it on. Ha- <laughs> it
0: can ha it can have. well, obviously, because you know, you look at the box score, you just say, Oh, this happened, this happened. okay, fine. Yeah. But... Yeah. Just because you know what happened doesn't mean you didn't miss what happened.
1: Are you Mets or Yankees?
0: I, unfortunately, am a Mets fan.
1: Oh, well, that's good for our relationship because if you said Yankees, this podcast was over. Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I
0: hate the Yankees with a burning passion. And even though the Mets are doing terrible, my one, the one saving grace of this year is that the Yankees are pretty much just as bad.
1: Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah, I yeah. love the Red Sox too. So I can't, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but hey, if the Yankees are doing thing. bad, that's that's the most important thing, you know.
1: Yeah, I hear you. All right, we should probably talk about horror movies and stuff now. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, have I'm the sports radio talk out of the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
1: right, I I've been quiet, JP. So like, mm-hmm. I really don't have a whole lot to talk about. I've I watched some movies this past week. I mean, you and I both saw *Insidious: Inferno* together. A movie that only oh, shares yeah. the name Insidious and, and not much else has yeah. nothing else in common with it. Oh, uh, nope. Beyond that, I, I, I've I been watching a lot of older stuff. I watched that movie Fear from last year, which was really just, I, I don't know. It got a lot of bad reviews. I don't think it was as bad as people said it was, but it was kind of a weird uh, message in the movie. like it, Very much hmm. a COVID film that okay. sort of has a, some mixed messages in there. Then I saw The Passenger, which is the new one from uh, Carter Smith. Okay, uh, he did uh, swallowed and uh, which was on my list of uh, best films of last year. Okay, uh, and yeah. he did um, I'm trying to think he did something else recently too, and yeah, uh, super good stuff. Uh, this this one was great. This uh, uh, Kyle, uh, what's his name, uh, Gallner from mm-hmm. uh, Scream 5 and and uh Smile. Uh mm-hmm. he basically shoots up the restaurant he's working in and takes this kid hostage with him all day to sort of put him on the right path or or whatever. It's really it, the movie's a little bit more on the like about bullying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's sort of you know that thing in The Dark Knight where it's like you don't uh you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. that's that's sort mm-hmm. of what yeah. this movie is is like he thinks he's doing a good huh. thing and it's just like okay everything just goes into disarray right, uh right. i'm a big fan of carter smith so i'm i'm really happy like he's he's doing well with these films and then um i watched this i watched this one from fantasia from a couple of years ago called don't say its name we don't really okay. have to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of garbage, so... Uh, so there was so there's one. a reason we haven't really um,
0: heard much about that I one. I watched
1: a really old one on Criterion Channel for the... I don't know if you noticed, but Criterion this month has a... Uh, like It's sort of like teens and horror situation going on. Okay, I didn't know that, no. Yeah, it's like back to school, and it's, so it's like The Craft, mm-hmm. and I know what you did last summer, and um, I ended up watching this one called Massacre at Central High, which is okay. really probably taboo for this... this uh day and age uh very much uh kid sort of going on a rampage against his classmates uh Mm. it's a film it exists it's it was good it was actually really good but it's another one Mm. of those movies where uh it's sort of like the passenger was on sort of that same like bullion aspect and very much uh it had a similar theme to it about like you know becoming the bully you know like uh so interesting sort of movies that i saw in the same space of uh, a couple of days
0: okay cool cool
1: so that that's all i've been up to i might write something on those at some point but uh
0: all right nice but what have you been
1: up to i know you've got uh you've got quite a few things that yeah uh,
0: yeah so there are there are a few trailers that have caught my eye um so there's one for this upcoming hulu movie called no one will save you um we don't like the plot we don't know too much about it but uh, it's an alien movie and what i love about this trailer is that so for me aliens generally aren't very scary like they're more Same. fun than anything else but the ones in this trailer they look terrifying especially at the end there's like this weird spiderish thing that's kind of a spider but not really and i'm like what the hell is that and it's awesome so I can't wait to see this movie. Um, I highly recommend checking out the trailer. Uh, it, the movie hits Hulu on September 22nd. So,
1: very cool. Next um, week after I've,
0: this comes comes out. So. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Um, what so, was it? Yeah. I think two alien movies in my lifetime have scared me, and one is Fire in the Sky, and everybody probably says mm. the same thing about that. It's always that one mm. scene. And the other one, have you ever seen Honeymoon?
0: Oh, is that the one about the the couple they go on their honeymoon and then like the wife starts doing weird things? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was great. That was such like a slow burn, like you didn't know what was going on uh, type of mm-hmm. movie. That was great. That was a fantastic mm. film.
0: Yeah, that is a good one. Um, so uh, then the other two trailers, they're both Godzilla trailers. So it, it, it's really cool because at the end of this year, we're going to be getting both American Godzilla and Japanese Godzilla. So starting on let's see November seventeenth on Apple TV Plus, uh, we're getting this new MonsterVerse series called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Uh, so they just put out a trailer for that. Um, it looks really good. It's it's like a cool like mystery about kind of uh, about Monarch, which in the MonsterVerse is this like secretive organization that studies the giant monsters. Um, that looks pretty cool. And the other one is then on uh, on December 1st here in the States, we're going to be getting uh, a new Japanese Godzilla movie called Godzilla Minus One. And that movie just put out its first full trailer. And it looks fantastic. Like most people, I think, uh, at least most Westerners today, when they think of Godzilla, they think of like campy fun. they They think of, you know, either like... The sixties like poorly dubbed movies you know uh, or like the modern monsterverse movies um but actually like the original nineteen fifty four Godzilla was a metaphor for the atomic bomb, like it's super it's super yeah. serious, very somber, and minus one looks like it's like it looks like it's going back to that, and they're tra- sure the trailer does a phenomenal job of conveying that
1: the only thing that i would I would say in sort of america's defense right like and not that i'm (laughs) you know but uh so the only thing that i will say in that in that sort of vein is that the original versions that we got of the first the 1954 godzilla was uh what they thought they wanted to put out like the the dubbing was terrible the Mm -hmm. uh you know it was totally well,
0: the, the, the original movie was butchered. Like like that's the, exactly the, the, where I'm the, the American going. version of it, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Like the main character in that movie is not in the Japanese version.
1: Well, let's face it. Let's 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 talk about what <laughs> in that in that area. Right, uh, we were coming out of the era where we dropped two bombs off on- <laughs> oh,
0: of course of course <laughs> and Japan. and a so, lot of the changes were taking off were taking out kind of references to, yeah, to the bombs you know you want
1: to talk about you want to talk about a sensitive culture that there you go is uh the original godzilla movie that was cut for america it's mm-hmm. it's really yeah, like yeah. just to uh just to appease in uh, the audience yeah
0: of course um so that's the trailers that have kind of caught my eye. There's also one I, I haven't seen yet. There's a new trailer that just came out today uh, when we're recording this, not when the episode goes out, uh, for Mike Flanagan's new show, uh, that fall of the House of Usher, uh, his new Netflix show, which I'm excited for. I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan, and House of Usher, you know, like I love Poe, I love that story in particular, you know. I haven't seen yeah. the trailer yet, though, so I can't say much about it, but
1: same i got it sent to me as soon as it came out but there were so many trailers that came out today though like i couldn't believe like between they were, they that totally lot, killer yeah. and uh,
0: totally uh pet cemetery
1: like came out today yes too, so I, totally I haven't right seen out. that one either um yeah, yeah. there's like i've got to go through a whole bunch of stuff like i just haven't had mm-hmm. i i literally like right before i got in here i just got home uh like put on you know home clothes and that's <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it i got on yeah, yeah. To talk to you so i haven't i haven't had time to catch up on anything yet
0: yeah, yeah, uh, and so as far as new releases, um, kind of the the big movie that came out uh, since our last episode is the Nun Two, uh, which I saw. So uh, my review of it is up on uh, on the website. Um, on the whole, uh, I thought it was it was a mixed bag. On the whole, uh, it had had some good some good scares. Uh, particularly, it was good. Like the the drum scares themselves weren't always great. But I thought the buildup to them was was always really good. The director, Michael, I don't know if it's Chavez or Chaves, how he pronounces it. I've heard both ways, I think. But either way, he does a really good job of building up to those jump scares. Um, but for me, what ultimately sinks the movie is that it's a movie about Catholicism that just makes... Too many mistakes about Catholicism. It's like the 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 quote unquote quality control is just not there, and it's for me as a Catholic, it's just it's not that it's offensive. It's just it's so inaccurate that I can't suspend disbelief. (laughs) Like especially the end. It's just it it would be like if they made a movie about you know set in Mexico where everybody eats Taco Bell all the time.
1: You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's So
0: just, uh, unfortunately, I, I really wanted to like it because I'm a big fan of The Conjuring Universe, and for most of its runtime, I was enjoying it, but then it just went off the rails for me. That's so. fair.
1: I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. I, I Oh, no, it,
0: I, I didn't like the first one either.
1: I thought the first one was so, like, halfway through the movie, it sort of switched up. Uh, it almost felt like like it was uneven, like super uneven.
0: Mm, okay, um, okay.
1: I just did not uh, didn't find the first one to to be like I mean fun fine yeah I had a I had a fun in the theater watching I kind of laughed mm-hmm. a lot through it I thought the ending <laughs> was so frickin' weird um, <laughs> but like yeah. there there are there it are just scenes true. in that movie where I just laughed out loud like because I was just like mm-hmm. beyond belief. I mean, so, you're not really I supposed mean, to I either. hope sure. this one is better than the first it's one it's better
0: but, I would say it it is better because I, I I just straight up did not like the first one. Um, but yeah. this one definitely has... There are definitely things about it that I really, really enjoyed. Okay. Even if I don't enjoy it overall, you know?
1: Sweet. All right, cool. Uh, I guess all uh, right.
0: let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's go fishing. Kronos! The direc- directorial that debut... That, that was... Yeah, you should never it's do that right. again. That was... Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the directorial debut of Guillermo del Toro. It sure um, is. Yeah, back in '93, which it's hard to believe was 30 years ago. I still think of 30 years ago as like the '60s.
1: <laughs> I think I think everybody that's <laughs> around our age kind of does the same thing. It's yeah. it's amazing. Like that that in all honesty is amazing to me because there's so many movies from around this time that are just like I, I'm like I can't believe you're like the same age as you're just a few years younger than me at this point. You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> Crazy. And this movie crazy. looks super like a nineties movie too, uh, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, yeah. Even I thought like, so one of the movies around this time that I, I actually found was at the start of this film uh, when it's sort of doing the, the music kind of goes up and down. Like I kept finding like death becomes her with the, the shrillness of it. Like the, uh, the violin sounds that are coming in and hmm. out of it too. And I was I, like, I was like, all right, all right. This is very much okay. of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've only seen Death Becomes Her once, so I don't remember no, that specifically about it. That is one of my
1: favorite movies, JP. Death really? Yeah. I, uh, I, saw, I am not
0: surprised.
1: It is, but it's such a good take <laughs> on like Hollywood. It's just so freaking good.
0: I mean,. Okay, I mean, like the message is all right, fine, but I just don't think it's well. I've okay, been also talking about it's a comedy that has... I don't think is very funny.
1: So, oh, I, I think it is. I think it's absolutely uh, hilarious. Eh. It's, eh. Uh, <laughs> eh. it's a rivalry going on for you know thirty years.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and um, yeah, and funny.
1: Instead of, I guess, instead of a. Uh, uh Kronos device they would find a you know a potion you know so to relate it yeah. back to Kronos yeah yeah uh, okay there's okay. another tale about immortality so it's
0: wait another tale about what?
1: Immortality.
0: Oh immortal okay yeah. okay sorry I got kind of yeah. I
1: that up in my mouth a little I felt it you know.
0: yeah. Yeah wow. sounded like you said immortality like what the hell is Immigality? immortality yeah <laughs> yeah yeah all right so <laughs> speaking of Speaking of immortality and Kronos, what is what is this movie about, Sean? I'm glad you asked, JP. I'm glad you're glad I asked. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: so Kronos is about a old man who is an antique salesman who one day brings his granddaughter to work. and Naturally. Man, huh? Naturally. 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 <laughs> if you're taking care of your granddaughter, you might take her to work. So... He has a run-in with this uh, American buyer, the De La Guardia's, mm-hmm. and he finds they're looking for a specific archangel that may contain a device that... We don't really know what it does right off the bat. We don't know what it does, but it turns out that it grants immortality. It's a vampire device. It's going to turn you into a vampire. <laughs> so... The person the antique store owner gets sort of a whiff of it ahead of time when sort of a scout comes in for the De is, and he takes the device ahead of that, which really pisses off the De LaGuardias because they figure out that this is the, the, the right one. But they finally found it after seven thousand years of looking. Well, not really seven thousand. This is a movie about immortality. I should really be clear on that. <laughs> but after several years of looking and um the head of the De LaGuardia family is sort of on his deathbed. He not, he's not, let's, let's put it this way. He's not going to make it through this year. Like we can, you can kind of tell just by looking at him, And so they go back to the gentleman and uh, they sort of try to persuade him. And by persuade, I mean, they wreck his place. uh, They try to kill him. And this guy just keeps coming back. (laughs) So finally, he takes it into his own hands, and he goes over there. And uh, you know, it's it's sort of it's weird because it kind of ends in a Blade Runner uh, sort of fight on the roof. (laughs) Okay, okay, (laughs) and yeah, uh, yeah, he wins, but he also kind of loses. Uh, He realizes that he sort of realizes that life is precious and that by taking someone else's life, he just doesn't want to be that monster. And it's Mm -hmm. a very nice sort of monster movie uh, that uh, Guillermo del Toro has made and it's his first and I'm a
0: huge fan. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of his best,
1: you know, I, I agree. I, um, this movie doesn't have a huge, like great score on uh, IMDB or anything like that. So, I do get a kick out of the fact that I like this a lot more than some of his later films, even like, I like Crimson Peak a lot, but I would mm, say. Chronos yeah. Is better.
0: Oh, of course. Definitely.
1: Um, definitely. Maybe not as good as shape of water. I think shape of water is really good, but See, shape, I, 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 <laughs> shape of water is another monster movie. Shape
0: of water is, I, I was bored to death of the shape of water. Oh, I, I, it. I, 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 I like almost that. walked out of the theater. I was so bored. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, um, I was sorry so really- too. Cause it's like, the, the whole idea of it sounds awesome. It's the creature from the Black Lagoon if the creature wins. You yeah. Know?
1: Well, it, yeah. If It's not really if the creature wins so much as we kind of get the sense that the creature from the Black Lagoon is sort of protecting himself because he's, you know, a, a creature in his habitat. And
0: mm-hmm. these people
1: have come into the habitat and, and moved him. So, in a sense, like, I guess you're not wrong that he sort of wins in the shape I mean, of yeah. But. It's, it, I think it's way more, I think it's also, I mean, certainly romanticized. It's sort of if he got the girl, you know, if yeah, they, yeah. if they proved that those other guys on the boat in the Creature from Black, Black Lagoon were just terrible, were, they were the monsters, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And that's where that comes from. But no, like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I may have lied to earlier when I said the Devil's Backbone is the only one I haven't said, like, did he do Nightmare Alley too? Because I still haven't seen that. I've he, seen did, he
0: did, he did. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Nightmare Alley either. Um, I liked the... So it, it kind of divides into two parts. First part is where the guy, the main character, he's in the carnival and he kind of learns the business and everything, yeah. at least from what I remember. And that part I really liked. But the second part, once he goes off on his own, then it just kind of... It just took a nosedive for me. Um, I, I, I It's a movie I want to revisit and give another chance to, but... Uh, at least when I saw it in the theater, I ended up not being a huge fan.
1: If I remember correct, because I like I said, I've watched the original. I believe that movie is sort of about moral consequence, more or less.
0: Uh, uh, they, yeah.
1: They try to... It, it's been a while, so <laughs> forgive me if I've got this completely backwards and I'm thinking of another film. But uh, it's Tyrone Power, right?
0: I don't remember his name. I, and, I only saw it once in the theater, like, over a year ago. Uh, oh, no, no, years. this
1: is, yeah. That, well, that's the old one. I think of the new ones, Bradley Cooper. Uh, oh, I mean, uh,
0: uh, actor, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think he's a Carney who has a specific talent, or he and another yeah, girl. He, he, okay, has I, a, um,
0: he has this, uh, like, a mentalist kind of act. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, maybe not mentalist, but more, more like, straight-up psychic kind of thing. Okay. Um, and he, he he's you know scam artist essentially yeah yeah and so, they go out
1: on their own and then i think he, he gets scammed by the woman he's with and the the psychiatrist right or something like yeah
0: that. yeah i think it's the psychiatrist at least in the remake in the Torres version i think it's most of the psychiatrist from what yeah I, I
1: think i think it's like that in in the old one too yeah. and then he ends up okay. sort of destitute and you know because he scammed all these people, he ends up getting scammed himself. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh,
0: so,
1: okay. But yeah, but Kronos. <laughs> <that's>
0: Kronos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so one of the things I love, not just about Kronos, but about Del Toro in general, is that he takes you know he, he takes a very different approach to monsters than what I think most people expect from monster movies. You know, most people expect you know the monster comes in and does some bad things, you know, terrorizes a few people, and then the good guys fight back and ultimately win the day, right? But Del Toro takes a much more like bright of Frankenstein kind of approach, where in his movies the monsters are generally the good guys, and the humans tend to be the bad guys. And in Kronos, you know, I mean starting right with Kronos, where the vampire is the good guy in the movie. And the real monsters in this story are actually the, the Dale Guardias, the the, the humans yes. who want kind of what he has, you know? Yes.
1: It, so, Del Toro himself, in, in the interview on Criterion Channel that I was watching, said that he tries to make the monster the saddest figure in the movie, uh, and humans are the monsters. So, yes, you are spot on, sir. Yeah but another thing that i thought was okay so if we're let's let's kind of get into this a little bit uh Mm -hmm. we start off with the alchemist and the Kronos device we never get a real backstory on the alchemist Mm -hmm. do you think it's a similar situation now obviously that gentleman had lived for centuries i believe they said that he Mm -hmm. didn't die and what he did (laughs) you know it looked like his body was a a rotting corpse essentially Mm -hmm. right right now, what do you think that little bit of story tells us about that that backstory there what do you mean well is is it the same situation or was it like he had obviously made this device to beat time right like to he to was a, he was eternal mm-hmm. until death yeah, yeah. finally came for him
0: mm-hmm.
1: do you think that that does that make him a monster essentially or like where do you think that story could have gone because I always I I always wonder about certain things and in this movie especially with the the setup for the alchemist I tend to think where did you know where does that start How is that story a little you know
0: hmm. that's an interesting question because I think you know generally speaking I'm not the biggest fan of backstory I I I, I like you know mystery in my movies you know sure. I. You know, like like Halloween, like I love the fact that we don't know what Michael's deal is. He's just evil, you know. Um, But in this case, I think getting the alchemist's backstory would be interesting because it wouldn't really affect the mystery of it. Because his story doesn't really or his story wouldn't really explain the supernatural element of it. It would just be another human story like the one we actually get in the movie. And I think that has the potential to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, they don't have to overlap. Like, I mean, they obviously right. exactly. don't, you know, except mm-hmm. for the fact that the Archangel ends up in uh, the Senor Gris's shop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, and as far as your question, does that make him a monster? Um, I think the fact that he's willing to... He, he's willing to feed on other people to maintain his own immortality i think that's what makes him a monster not simply now, the fact that he tries to defeat death
1: now i i don't disagree with you obviously he'd been alive for centuries the way that it's explained but we also don't know like that that's the part about this that gets me is we don't know how he did it you know for i mean mm-hmm. obviously there weren't cameras in in convenience stores like there are today so i think it might have been a little bit easier for him but uh what i'm saying is was it only bad people was it you know like i mean we we also see
0: even if it's only bad people you know like just because somebody's a bad person that doesn't give you the right to go out and kill them or to feed on their blood you know, so, so I, I mean, granted, bad people, I, I guess that wouldn't be quite as bad as good people, but I still think that would make him a monster. Sure.
1: Okay. No, I just wanted your take on it mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah.
0: Although, to be honest, you know, I, I mean, maybe he, you know, got people to donate their blood. Like, uh, you know, I well, think that's the end
1: what I'm b- saying is what if he was we don't really know. What, you know? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, it, it's possible, but I think. What yeah, is the level possible
1: of moral ambiguity. <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: I, I mean, the, the, the moral ambiguity just, just from the fact just comes from the fact that we don't really know what happened, so it's really tough to say. But but I think, given how those kinds of stories tend to play out, I think he's he's probably a monster. I, I think would probably be the the best way to put it, even That's though we can't really know for sure. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I. Uh... I just think it's, I I really like it is, is really what I'm going for is I really mm-hmm. like that we get this, you know, it's sort of a little fairy tale before we enter the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things, like every time I've seen the film, I've always wondered more and more about that character because that seems to be the more gothic character, right? That seems to be the more mm-hmm. Dracula-esque character. So right, um, right. something I, you know, not that he's into prequels or anything, but I wouldn't mind seeing, you know?
0: (laughs) I mean, he, he let them do a sequel to Pacific Rim. So even though Toro himself probably wouldn't want to do a prequel to Kronos, um, I could see theoretically, if somebody wanted to do that story, if he liked what they had, he might let him do it.
1: Now, what do you think about the, uh, the child actress in this Aurora?
0: Yeah, um, I mean she she's fine. I don't think she really she she's not particularly great in it. Um, not, but not really going to have
1: you critique a, 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 a seven? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no,
0: I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, yeah, it may seem unfair, but you know, the truth is, most child actors are not that good. It's,
1: um well, they, they're not, very hit or miss. They're again you know. not not really what I was going for. So much. Oh, okay. so what what do you mean then? Like the character arc.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, um,
1: So like obviously she's she's a silent character. She doesn't talk Mm -hmm. except for that one time at the end, which is super Mm -hmm. important. She says "abuelo," Uh, Mm -hmm. and yeah, only word that she says in in the film. But she the entire time, no matter what he's going through from beginning to end, she sees him as her grandfather. Mm -hmm. Uh, She never sees him as a monster. She never tries to. She never gets scared of him. Anything like that. So. Like that is more or less where I'm coming from here is what do you Mm -hmm. think on that end with that character?
0: Yeah. I mean, she's, she's kind of, she's us in a sense, you know, like it's kind of like you said, you know, she, she, throughout the whole movie she views him just as her grandfather, not as a monster. And I think that's kind of how we're supposed to see it too. You know, we're supposed obviously he's not our grandfather, but we're supposed to see him as, you know, just like a guy, not a monster because the real yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you know because the real monsters are ron perlman and his uncle
1: yeah you know uh well let's go with that then um mm-hmm. the the de la Guardia's, all right mm-hmm. now i noticed i noticed some sort of uh hintings let's say at a specific religion here um between uh his name is angel de la guardia right so on Hell, De La Guardia, mean, if you really want to get there, man. <laughs> but
0: I mean, okay, okay. So
1: they're guardian angels, right? Uh,
0: okay, uh, all
1: right. What I find funny about it, though, is that his uncle acts like the Dracula, right? He acts like you know mm-hmm. he spends all his mm-hmm. time in that room. You have to wear a mask and everything to come see him. And On Hell is the Renfield. Right. He goes out mm-hmm. and he gets him his meals. He goes right, out and right. he gets up all his bidding during the day. You know, so you have this weird sort of comparison of who you think the good guys are, but who are actually the bad guys, mm-hmm. you know, and the more that we go with that. Right. So the archangels. Right. The the chronos device is hidden in the archangel. This thing that mm-hmm. is supposedly, you know, the essence of evil is hidden in an angelic uh apparatus. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And um there was a
1: couple others. Uh Jesus Christ comparison to a mosquito. There's actually a line in the movie about uh, oh, walking
0: on water. Oh, all- um, yeah, the walking on walking water. On water, then water. Then it, it yeah, yeah.
1: Goes into the resurrection and then later on we find out that Señor Gris's name is Jesus. Is- Jesus. 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 Yeah, yeah. So and then there's the whole you've been reborn. There's there's a mm-hmm. whole lot of uh I, I, yeah,
0: I, I and not and not reborn, but he he you know kind of literally comes back from the dead.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many days it was. We really don't get that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but close uh, enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean anything on <laughs> that end is a sort of a miracle, right?
0: So that's yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's what it is. Um but yeah, I, I noticed a lot of those little you know, sort of asides, but they're also odd comparisons to like these things that we perceive as evil and things that we don't understand. Right. So like we have mm-hmm. all of that sort of conflated together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wanted to get your take on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think a few things about it. I think number one, uh, with the whole, like with the whole angel thing, um, I think if anything, that's just Del Toro kind of he's using what would normally signal these guys being the good guys to kind of, to just almost to trick us into thinking, like kind of like you said, you know, like we know it sets them up to be the good guys, but then he turns the tables on us and, oh, they actually end up being the bad guys. Um, I think kind of more, more broadly speaking, the, the, the religious kind of illusions and, and whatnot, um, I think that's largely a product of del Toro's own Catholic upbringing. You know, um, he, he, you know, he was raised Catholic. He's, he's not, you know, he, he doesn't practice Catholicism anymore. You know, he, he tells this funny story about how uh, when he was a kid, he loved monster movies. His grandma would like throw holy water on the, on his, like, on his movies or or something.
1: (laughs) Well, I, that's sort of where I'm coming from is I, I kind of get the the idea that in this, I don't, I didn't know that story. Uh, mm-hmm. so I kind of get the idea that he is sort of course correcting to the extent that it it's like not everything that says it's good is as presented, right? humans, mm-hmm. monsters. And I think this is his way of sort of putting that out there is saying that, oh yeah, of course, it says it's holy, doesn't make it mm-hmm. holy, you know oh yeah, uh, and again, I do think, yes, I do think it's a misdirect. I think it's mm-hmm. supposed to be on purpose that you know they're the angels and yet they act like the classic vampires.
0: Like demons. Right? They, or, yeah. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I, yeah, just wanted to get your take on it. Not trying, you know, not trying
0: to prove yeah.
1: anything. To
0: speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it, yeah, no, it, it, it just, I think for him, it's just, it's a, how can I to put this. It's a, it, it, it's a pool to draw from to it's a pool of, of illusions and symbolism that he can draw from, you know, in his storytelling, just like you know you can allude to any stories from you know any beliefs religions mythologies you know lore folklore whatever you know um, and I think del Toro does that quite a bit in his movies um, beyond just just chronicles
1: oh oh for sure I mean look at pan's labyrinth
0: I mean pan's uh, labyrinth the monster, it yeah
1: the monsters aren't monsters it's the um, the army there the, you know, the the woman's stepfather, the girl's stepfather
0: there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah and, fine, then, and then w- with Pan's Labyrinth, if you look at it, actually, um, if you kind of take a step back and look at the entire story of that little girl, um, it, it very much mirrors kind of the, the Christian view of essentially the, the entire story of like what we would call salvation history of kind of the fall and then, you know, kind of... Uh, reclaiming our place, you know, at, at, God, you know, like God, the father is kind of the, you know, or God is the King where he, you know, his sons and daughters are kind of reclaiming our place, you know, kind of beside him as, you know, his, you know, sons and daughters, like the story mirrors that very much. Um, and, and so, so yeah, so, you know, it's it just something that he, whether consciously or not, obviously a lot of times consciously, but, Maybe not all the time. I think it's, it's something that's still very much kind of in his blood, that, that whole, all that imagery.
1: Okay, you know, you know, you bring up a good point about that uh, because one of the things that I noticed at the end of Chronos in sort of uh, uh, Senor Gris' uh, rejection of monsterdom was sort of, you know, he not only rejects the monsterdom, but he also in that rejects eternity, immortality. He rejects all of these things, right, at once. So is that. Mm-hmm. Is that semi say Like, I'm not saying in totality here, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just musing. Uh, could that be also an allusion to the idea of sort of giving up on Christianity in a way? Um, because this is a thing that the the angels or uh, angel de la Guardia and the Laguardias mm-hmm. uh, did not do. Um, mm-hmm. They were de- determined to to gain eternity, even if even mm-hmm. if a- angel is aloof to the idea that this is ever going to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, that was just something that I noticed in the film. I don't know if you noticed anything like that,
0: but yeah, uh, um, I, 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 mm, yeah uh, it's not something I noticed, but you're kind of looking at, thinking about it now. I, I mean, could it be something about that? I guess it could, but, but I don't think there's anything in the movie that really connects that to Christian beliefs specifically,
1: Oh, I'm not saying anything specific. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I honestly think it's more about him. Like, I mean, this is, mm-hmm. by the way, it's his debut film, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. I, uh, back to what we were just talking about before that with the story about his grandmother throwing holy water mm-hmm. on him. <laughs> is this a way of of saying, like, okay, well, uh, this is what I I believe in monsters. I believe in mm-hmm. this, like, as opposed to saying, you know, you know, keep your heaven if that's what you know. If that's what you'll have, like, yeah, and I'm not saying that that's the ultimate thing here, but mm-hmm. I do, I kind of see it presented in this in this kind of weird manner. That's like, I'm still gonna be human just because I, even if I love monsters, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm still yeah. gonna be a good guy. I'm still gonna, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 think yes, you're right that this is definitely him. You know, kind of, kind of what he said. You know, there, he's he's still gonna be human. Still gonna be a good guy even if he loves monsters. Um, but I don't. I. I. I still don't think there's really any. Uh, how to say this? I. I. I think kind of the religious element of your question is is. I, it's possible that is there, but I think that's that's a, a bit too loose to really say anything definitive about it. Especially since okay. the guy's name is Jesus, you know, like his name is Jesus. Well, I so mean, like he is look a Christ at, figure kind but of. But look so. at those
1: names, Look at the names in the film. It's Jesus and and Anhel. Do we know what the uncle's name is? I, I'm uh, sure me, on that one, but like it does seem uh, doesn't. Aurora... Oh yeah,
0: it's it, it's Peter. So it, it's a it's a German name, and I, as far as I know, or as far as I know, that doesn't have any religious significance. Um, yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't, know, I don't know German. So no, that's true.
1: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, so another, yeah, yeah. um, so I mean, that's fine. Like, I mean, it, nothing. Not everything has to connect in in these things, and I mean, I right. don't think that it's a exactly. more what you get out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. but one of um, one of the other sort of comparisons i noted this time watching it uh because i think the first time i watched it the strain hadn't been out yet or it was maybe Mm -hmm. sort of on uh, you Mm -hmm. know sort of getting to it but Mm -hmm. the one of the things that i did notice was i think that the daily guardia's relationships are very much like elder palmer and icorse in the strain uh which is very much it's almost exact like the way that uh those two basically start you know they go looking in which in characters chronos. are those? Uh, did you watch this I
0: I I've I've I did I but it was it's it was a while ago. I like those names sound familiar but I don't remember who's who exactly. There's
1: literally like this rich guy, I believe it's Manhattan. I, I can't remember. I think oh he
0: oh okay he's the one who he's wants the vampire up. to turn him. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yes, because he's on his deathbed.
0: <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: And I curse is the um, is his Renfield uh, in, mm, in that. Movie. Okay. And yeah. 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 So uh, there, I just, I thought that was kind of funny that there was that connection there uh, to that, which is also it's 20, 25 years later that that movie is 20 to 25 years later, somewhere in there well, that, that TV show comes on.
0: Well, well the straight is based on books that Del Toro wrote with someone. I forgot the other guy's yeah. name. Yeah. And so, I don't know when they Joe came Hill. out. Make you sure, sure about that? Oh, no, Chuck Hogan.
1: Chuck Hogan, okay.
0: Okay.
1: All right, no, that makes more sense. I was like, well, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was somebody else wrote with Joe Hill and it was <laughs> probably Stephen King.
0: Yeah, I know Joe Hill and Stephen King do have a book together, at least one. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah things throw me off sometimes. I, mm-hmm. Chuck Hogan may even have a book with Joe Hill for all I know. Uh, but regardless um yeah so that relationship i think is i think it's very similar and i I didn't read the book so i'll I'll put Mm -hmm. that out there but i do think that there is a sort of uh familiarity between these characters like i do think it were i mean it's obviously the dracula renfield kind of Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: you know you do my bidding kind of thing uh even if dracula is now removed from the situation and dracula is something else you know uh, I also loved hmm. the strain. I, I watched all of that. Best. The
0: strain. I thought the the first season was good. I thought the second season dragged a lot, and it, it it just got to the point where I felt it was like the same thing every episode. I just I I, I stopped watching. But I did I, read the well,
1: books. I didn't. I watched maybe the last season when it was on. Okay. I watched it. I, I'm I'm like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd rather watch everything like boom, ba dum, ba dum, ba dum then and then mm-hmm. get to the last season and kind of go week to week but when it gets when it gets to the point where like like basically the the world ends like and it's yeah, pretty much it's pretty good after you know after it like resets and it's an end of the world apocalypse uh television show okay
0: maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll have to give it another shot because like i said i've read the books and the books were really good um so you know there, there's there's you know at least as far as the source material goes like, there's definitely potential so yeah maybe I'll have to revisit that sometime
1: I recommend it I highly recommend it I uh, okay. maybe just get through that second season I don't really remember mm-hmm. what seasons are which but uh mm-hmm. I maybe I do I think the second season is where the the kid gets kidnapped his kid gets kidnapped maybe, and the wife has him
0: maybe uh, it's, it's been a while yeah. I don't remember. Same,
1: same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Um, what else do I have? Do you have anything? So,
0: yeah. So, so so kind of a, a little thing that, this is more of a pet peeve than anything else, but I find that this movie has a weird mix of English and Spanish. Like Ron mix. Perlman. Yeah. So like Ron Perlman's character, for example, you know, he seems to understand Spanish perfectly but he only speaks a few words of it. And he kind of just assumes that everybody he talks to understands English. And lo and behold, they do, even if they don't speak it themselves, you know? And it's just, it's kind of weird. It just, there doesn't seem to be much of a rhyme or reason for who understand English other than, Uh, Or there there doesn't seem to be too much of a rhyme or reason for when the the languages mix other other than Ron Perlman's character obviously being American. From a storytelling perspective, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't feel realistic. You know, like it would be like if somebody, you know, if there's a story set here in America where somebody, where one character spoke only almost entirely spanish and he kind of just expected everybody around him to speak spanish or to understand it even if they don't speak it and they just kind of randomly do you uh, know think, it just
1: i don't know I, I think it's i think it's nuanced i think a lot um some of the times where ron perlman's just speaking english i think you can get the gist of what he's going for rather than necessarily needing to comprehend what he's saying uh i mean he's the muscle right like he's right right the figure that he is uh he does speak spanish to him in the shop uh i do think at at times he's loosely going back and forth but yeah, a little um, bit he, a few words here
0: and there but yeah but i mean
1: that's his buenos right, dias and his uh Muchis right dresses. right like, the Basic stuff, stuff, right? know, yeah. That's all the stuff that he really needs to in that situation where he's buying stuff. Every other time that we see him, he's the muscle. And whether mm-hmm. the other person understands it or not, I don't think it matters. I think it's more for his own inflection and for his own character than it necessarily has to be for anybody else in that scene.
0: Yes, but or, 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 or at least when he's talking to to the main character, to Jesus, Gris,
1: Jesus
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it seems like Jesus understands everything he says, even even outside of that opening scene in the shop. I mean,
1: if you really want to go there, I mean, there's nothing that ever says that he doesn't know it. Uh, right,
0: right, 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 of so, course, of course. But, being, but I,
1: the it, other it, part of that is, is he's also, it's his profession, right, is antiques. He may have been dealing with yeah. American buyers before. And I mean, they do, in like in the synopsis, it actually says uh, Angel is an American... Uh, so I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I, it's sort of not necessarily said, but you know, I mean, th- I from mean, the way he obviously...
0: talks, it's, it's yeah, exactly. Fact that it's Rod Perlman. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I know. Not a not you a know. very Spanish name there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but, but 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 I mean, you're 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 right that you you're right that it does make sense that that this guy might understand English, but just. just just no, the it's, weird way
1: that intrinsic. yeah it's it's never I mean,
0: really yeah, told it, it, it just yeah but j- j- it's just it's just the weird way that like Ron Perlman's character kind of just expects him to understand english and he he just does and then, and then there are even parts where when when uh, the old guys talking to him to to, to Jesus Greece and, and, you know, and they speak mostly Spanish, but but there are parts where the old guy says things in English to him. Like why? I mean, they both, it seems like he's a native Spanish speaker too. So why would he speak English to this guy?
1: Which is funny because he's German. (laughs) Well, I mean, he has a German first name. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, so it just seems like a weird mix where, you know, I, I mean, yes, it's not that it couldn't be realistic. It's just that it feels like it, It, it it's almost, a, it just feels a bit too contrived for me. I Like I said, it's more of a peck than anything
1: else. It's a leap. It's but, a leap. It's not, but at the same time, I think, I, I kind of think of the era, right? Like, so it's 1992. I mean, subtitles are for the art house, you know? Uh, yes,
0: but this is... I mean, it, it's its a Mexican movie, so it's, it's not necessarily made for American audiences.
1: I understand primarily. that, but at the same time, if you're trying to get into film festivals stateside and things like that, or if you're trying to uh, maybe just sell it into the American market, which I do think... Uh, this may have gotten picked up by uh, like Miramax or, or one of them, because that seems like the right mm-hmm. time for Miramax to get started. Uh, but... Yeah, it actually came out in the United States in 1994, which would place it right, perfectly square in the the sort mm-hmm. of Miramax Dimension, uh, universe, right? So, mm-hmm. the uh, my guess is that that was more to ease people into watching it stateside because we've seen potentially, it
0: potentially.
1: We, I mean, we've yeah. seen it before. There's times where I'm like, why doesn't you know that. Like, why is the Russian guy in Armageddon speaking American? <laughs> like, Why yeah, is he I, talking like, all yeah, made in yeah. Taiwan? Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: and that 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 always bothers me in any movie that I see it in. Uh, I mean, again, more of a pet peeve. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the story is still the same, you know. Um, kind of a, a more important thing that, that I noticed is um, – like we, we we touched on this a little bit, but there's, there's it's not just a contrast between like a good monster and a bad human. It's also this contrast between you know the, you have these two bad guys who want eternal youth. You know, like yeah. obviously, you know the, the old guy you're down to deathbed. He wants you know immortality and you know to kind of rejuvenate himself. But also, Ron Perlman's character wants a nose job. You know, so yes. he,
1: yeah. He's got he, that beauty. Yeah. He's got that. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: You know, he, so he has, the, he has that. Whereas Jesus Greece, you know, he, he gets that, but at the end of the day, he rejects it, you know? So you have like the good guys or the bad guys want it and can't get it. The good guy has it, but ends up not wanting it. And so, so what do you think? So do, do you think there's any point to that contrast or you think that's just a, uh, uh, Nice I,
1: little I do. Balance. I actually do think that there is a point to that contrast. I think mm-hmm. it's very much uh, like um, greener grass, right? So uh, you always want what your neighbor has. It's a coveting thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's just, uh, I guess, not, I didn't mean to bring it back to biblical, but it, it is. <laughs> it's just, it's literally... Mm-hmm. One man's trash is another man's treasure, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He thinks he wants it. He has an addiction to it at first. I think at like, first. I think yeah. Oh, oh, he definitely. Sort does. of how he definitely it looks, does. yeah. Is you know he puts it on mm-hmm. his. He gets you know he's like oh no it, it you know this and then he notices the effect that it has on his face. He shapes his mustache, mm-hmm. which by the way, what is happening with the husband and wife situation in this movie? I have like it's really strange, right?
0: A little bit.
1: <laughs> I, like I mean, just just to, to go off kilter here just for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. The wife, we see the wife a few times. The first time she's not really into anything that's going on. She's just sort of there. Just sort of, I think the first time we see them all is at the breakfast table in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a little bit of a back and forth. I don't even know if there's a back and forth between the two of them, but then the next time we see her, she's at like a ballroom dance. Uh, yeah, she she,
0: she She's the instructor. I think it's like a, a Dancing class. And it seems like she's
1: really into her dance partner. <laughs> <laughs> like and then he shows up and he looks a little younger and there's a little bit of a you know, like realization mm. that, you know, oh man oh you look good, you know, that kind of uh deal. Mm. And then, you know, she gets him home again and it is there's kind of another like sort of like pseudo ignorance, even if there might be a scope of jealousy on that end from For her as well so there Mm -hmm. is like even that character the only person in this movie that is like like you said is like us that is just sort of like taking this all as it comes is aurora who's just sort Mm -hmm. of along for the ride because well she's you know six or seven years old that's right right (laughs) um but yeah, I I did think that the the relationship, and then towards the end, you know, he tells her that he loves. He calls her from the grave, basically, mm, yeah. and she <laughs> hangs up on him. <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. It's the other way around. He he hangs up on her because he he, he he's too afraid to say anything.
1: Oh, is it? Uh, and, I, yeah, yeah. And then, then he hangs up on her. her.
0: Yeah. yeah, I thought. She at, just at, threw at, 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 interestingly, interestingly, Del Toro that, that scene is modeled on. Uh, on a, an almost identical scene in the old 1960 French horror movie, Eyes Without a Face. I love that movie. Oh, it's so good. So the, yeah. there's a scene where, where she she calls her, her like ex-fiance, you know, like her fiance before...
1: Oh, the, yeah, before the surgery, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, well, you know, or, or, or I mean, it was the her fiance before she got into that accident and messed up her face yeah and then and so there's a scene where she calls him and then i don't remember exactly all the details but it's basically that same thing where you know she sh- she's afraid to talk to him so she just hangs up and del toro loves that movie like, i've seen him talk about it and so he, he modeled that scene specifically that scene in chronos specifically on that moment in eyes without a face
1: that that movie eyes without a face is very hitchcockian in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. which is weird because Hitchcock was really jet, like Psycho was the same year as Eyes Without a Face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Although, I mean, Hitchcock, you know, he'd been making movies for decades before that.
1: Oh, no, for sure. I mean, the 30s, it was like the 39 steps, and uh, what Lifeboat mm-hmm. was before that. And uh, I think he did Beco's.
0: even things in the, in the 20s, like late 20s, he started
1: it could have been, but, but yeah, um, but, but yeah, I mean, you definitely yeah, 30, 40, on a train and all that. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. I don't know when yeah, yeah. exactly. I know that I've seen quite a few of them. I've seen 39 steps mm-hmm. and I've seen, uh, I do have uh, Strangers on a train here someplace, uh, which is mm-hmm. really where the, the MacGuffin comes from. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um, yeah. but yeah, uh, going back to back, back to that, uh, yeah, I can definitely see, but I also see a lot of Hitchcock in Del Toro, especially in movies like Nightmare Alley and Shape of Water. I think there's a lot more, I think there's a lot more that he could do with mm-hmm. uh, like color contrast and, and, um, camera work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can definitely see that for sure, that there's some eyes without mm-hmm. a face in here that that oh, seems yeah, like definitely. a good reference to make. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: So going back to that contrast between the bad guys who want eternal youth and yes, sorry, it. I was trying and to get back the, there. The good guys, yeah, yeah. So, so I asked you what you thought that that man, and you said you know, this coveting thing, you know, like, oh, the grass is. Thing. Well, I
1: mean, it's it's jealousy, right? It's um, yeah, yeah. you always want what somebody else has, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of the the concept of what I have is not what I want, right? So mm, yeah, you yeah. go. It, I think. Jesus Greece is—he's just a guy, like he's just sort of there. And I mean, like we said, we get this—we get this wife character that is sort of not really into him anymore. And he gets a taste of—you know—her eyes come back to him. You know, he shows up at that ballroom, and she's like, "Oh, oh, you look good." You know, like—and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that that's part of that addiction that for him is her, I think he's truly in love with her. And I think that we get that from the Mm. scene at the end where he calls her Mm. up. Uh, so he did all of this to sort of impress her, but he didn't Mm. realize that he had everything that he wanted already. Mm. Um, Mm. you know, he Mm. had his granddaughter, he had his wife and. I, I think at some point it was just the fact that he had the thing that they wanted too. like, there was just that sort of, uh, exclusiveness and going back to death becomes her, which I, you know, it's funny is I, I do see a parallel in that now is like, instead of having the chronos thing, it's the potion. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's got this thing. Viva siempre. Right. So, uh, it's the, it's sort of the, it's sort of the same catalyst. It's, it's the same idea. Uh, just the rejection of eternity. Bruce Willis is the character Mm -hmm. in that movie instead. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, I think it, I think that's it. I think
0: it's just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting perspective. That, that that that's that's not how I took mm-hmm. it. Um, although I don't think my reading of it contradicts yours. Uh, for me, what struck me about it was kind of this this idea of the it, it, the, the whole thing seems to be it uh, seems to be a rejection of kind of our culture's obsession with with youthfulness and our culture's obsession with looking young and everything, you know, where, you know, like you have the, the the bad guys, like that's all they want. And, you know, clearly if they get it, that's not going to make them anything other than the monsters they already are. So it's kind of worthless for, for them. And with Jesus Greece, you know, he's already a good guy without it. He doesn't need it. And, and even, you know, when he does start to, 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 to seek it and kind of, you know, try to take advantage of the Kronos device. Like you said, it's an addiction, you know, and it, 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 it destroys him kind of. And, you know, if you look at, you know, especially that scene where he's licking the blood off the floor in the bathroom,
1: yeah. like that's
0: kind of a pathetic moment.
1: It is a low you know? point, yes. Yeah,
0: you know, and, 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 And so, you know, for for him, like, it doesn't make him any better. If anything, it makes him worse. So so I think it's very much painting this quest for eternal youth in a very bad, you know, in a bad light and kind of, you know, rejecting our culture's obsession with youthfulness.
1: Well, I actually think in, in that case with the rejection of youthfulness, and I think it's funny that you say you don't like Death Becomes Her because that's what that movie is. It's, I mean, yes. I just don't think it's executed well. <laughs> I think I think it's better executed in, in Death Becomes Her the way that you're saying it. I think it's it's just more of a uh, just not realizing what you want kind of thing until you mm-hmm. you know don't know what you want until you've got it, and then you realize what mm-hmm. you had all along kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And this one instead, but it, no, I, I I see where you're coming. I mean, from it, right? I I I
0: think it's I think there, there's definitely you know it's not necessarily one or the other. Yeah.
1: No, no. I, as a matter I of think, fact, I think. It yeah. could be both. Like,
0: it, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. I think this movie. I know, I know. <laughs> although, it, although, we it, kind
1: it, of agree with each other on some although, stuff.
0: Although it's not so weird because generally, <laughs> even when we like movies, even when we like or dislike the same movie, our reasoning is often very different. So it's, it's true, not yeah. it's not so weird that we would both have complementary but different takes.
1: Complimentary and contradictory. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. You know, um, but uh, what Makes else? Sense. What else? Oh, another thing that, that strikes me about this movie is that it's it's a vampire movie. And, you know, you get that one scene at the end where Jesus Greece, he's, you know, he, he attacks the, the old guy, kind of you know, bites his neck and drinks his blood like a traditional vampire. But other than that, this doesn't feel like a vampire movie at all.
1: It's never even mentioned. Vampirism. is Yeah, never exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really, really unique take on the monster, you know, I that, that, think but it's still recognizable as a vampire.
1: And that's what, what I think he's going for is I, I think that from the start of the film, it's sort of let the audience get there. Let's not tell them outright. Let's just, let's let the audience get there because then we've got the, the, one of the coolest scenes in the film is the uh, when he walks into Aurora's like playhouse area and all the light comes through and he does like the crystal? Oh paint yeah. Paint. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I, I think that that is you know it's just those little bits. You just get these little bits that show you, and then she locks mm-hmm. him in the trunk, which also is another strain thing, but. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I did think, you know, I do think it's really funny, like, because it's just, it's like piece after piece after piece until you know, until you get there and you realize it. And the skin thing, like, I think that that is super cool too, because mm, he's mm. like, "Look at my skin; it's not, you know, it's not healing. It's not." And he's like, "Well, rip it off," like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 he says it in English,
1: oddly enough. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just have to point that. Well, out. Well,
1: he also <laughs> does it to him. He also right, right, it off yeah, the
0: yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, so I, I like I said it, it can go either way. I do think that mm. uh, the sort of action speaks louder than words
0: and I mean that, in, in that scene sort of yeah definitely, definitely so yeah
1: but yeah uh, yeah that's that's pretty much all I got about this movie but I, I do I very much enjoy this film. I wish oh, more people mm. have seen it it's it's really it's kind of funny how it's many one of, have
0: it. It's one of those movies that people like us who are like hardcore hardcore horror fans. Have seen it and generally love it, but outside of like these kinds of circles, nobody knows about it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get it. You know? um, what was there was one other thing that I, I did want to mention was uh, the cockroaches that come out of the
0: uh, oh, out of the angel statue.
1: Do you think they made their way to New York? What mimic?
0: Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> the less I think about mimic, the better.
1: <laughs> oh, I love mimic. Nah, no, you're right, oh, it's a good man. time. No, oh no. Okay. giant cockroaches no. that look like people in the sewer. Come on, man. Okay,
0: to, to be fair, <laughs> I hate bugs, so that could be part of the reason okay. why I don't like mimic.
1: No, like I like I think mimic is just a good, fun sort of. It was also diff, very different at the time when it came out. This was that was a uh, late '90s film. I think it was his. I think it was uh, Del
0: Toro's first American film. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was he? Uh, was it? I don't know what I was gonna say. But yes, you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I really enjoy it. That's, that's one I've always really enjoyed. I'm a huge Mira Sorvino fan. I, I just mm. love her. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah.
0: All right. So, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this.
1: No, so I'm I think... good. I think I am good, too.
0: All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it then. And, oh, next time.
1: Oh and we've got one It's weeks. a paranormal activity, the marked ones. Ah. <laughs> oh. Come, on. <laughs> Come on. That was that has to be one of our like top ten moments because I can hear you in the back like when I was doing the editing for the, the podcast last week, I could actually hear you in the background going, The marked ones? <laughs> <laughs> like you can you can hear it just it's really light. But you are uh. like <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you said paranormal. She was like, "Oh, great! I love that movie." Then the
1: marked one was like, "Come on!" Yeah, man. come on! That's how I ruin things. It's fine.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. I, um it, it, be Like you said, I oh, we're gonna first. do. It's like if you said we're gonna do Psycho, the remake. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety-eight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no. That's so next-
1: see, Find some stuff to talk about that movie. I have no idea where that movie exists. Not I... that was a lot of people just just saying what a good job what a good job we're doing and giving themselves money that's really all that movie is. Yeah. yeah why would not you just go back and watch the original i have no idea like it's like walking into the meeting and like okay if gus van sant walks into the meeting and goes i'm gonna do a shot for shot remake of psycho and somebody goes well why like nobody said why like and he was or or was it the other way around? Were they like, we'd like you to, to remake Psycho? And he would go, well, I'm not changing anything.
0: Yeah, who knows? <laughs> you know, it it could be either one. Could be either one. But uh, all right, so that's not the movie we're talking about. Next time, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, so we're going to talk about a recent movie. One that came out just a few years ago. It's uh, It's one that I think is criminally underseen. I think it's gotten more popular since it's come out, but it still—I think it still needs—it still deserves to be talked about a lot more than it is. It's one of the greatest horror sequels of all time. Uh, I think it's arguably the best one, although I would still put *Bride of Frankenstein* above it. We're going to talk arguably, about *Doctor Sleep*.
1: <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I knew this one was coming. I knew you were going to bring this up. Oh, uh, like really? Sleep, so yeah, this this helps. Okay. I do. The, yeah. Right. The, the, my only my my only thing that I will say is I'm gonna have to watch this in probably over like four nights because it's like
0: three hours a <laughs> so, Well, well. So 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 to be nice, well to be nice to you because I'm such an awesome co-host, you know. I uh, will do the theatrical version, not the no, not the
1: director's cut. We can do whichever one you want. Like. You yeah. Know, no. I I I'd, I'd
0: rather do the theatrical version anyway
1: okay all right fair <laughs> enough
0: so all right so dr sleep in two weeks can't wait i
1: love that Woo! movie get our king and on. uh
0: exactly and uh if you guys want to read any of the awesome things we write harobsessive.com, the greatest website in the history of ever it's
1: overselling it
0: uh, i am underselling Sean. <laughs> all right so uh we enjoyed this conversation hope you guys did too and we'll see you again in two weeks Bye-bye. Bye.